thank you, God, that you are in our midst, and we give you all praise and all glory and all honor. We declare, Jesus, that you reign in this place. There is no other name that is higher than your name. There is no other power that is greater than your power. Lord Jesus, there is no other blood or sacrifice that is greater than your sacrifice, than your blood. And Jesus, we thank you that your kingdom is here. You desire, Lord, to build your kingdom in us and through us. And we say yes and amen today, God. I thank you, Lord, that walls come down. I thank you that chains are broken. I thank you that fear is, Lord, arrested today in Jesus' name. We thank you for freedom and for joy. We thank you for your word that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, God that pierces into the division of soul and marrow, God, that pierces, uh, Lord, word and spirit. God, we thank you, Lord, soul and spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, Lord Jesus. We honor you and we bless you today. God, I ask that you would anoint my lips today. Father, I just submit myself before you, God. We thank you that you anoint our ears to hear what you're saying in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Turn with me if you will, to uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 19 to 21 is where we're going to start. And um, as you get there on your phone, your smartphone, whatever, um, this morning I want to talk about an attribute of God that's not uh, always talked about, that's not always spoken about. It's part of w- something that he did and, and, uh, in the Old Covenant and something that he still does today. And I just want to talk about that for a little bit so that we can under, understand and experience him in greater measures in our own heart and our own life and know uh, also how he desires to interact with us. So this morning's message is called God of the Breakthrough and Thankfulness as a Weapon. All right, God of the Breakthrough and Thankfulness as a Weapon. I was thinking about calling it Thankfulness and somebody heard the, heard the idea of the weapon and was like, oh, you need to use that. I'm like, okay, we'll use it. So 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 19, uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Merle Shang, one of the pastors here at Newport Church, and it's so good to have you here. Uh, it's so good for those of you who are on livecast or in another part of the world. It's snowing here today. Uh, it started raining, and now it's changed to snow, and so we are going to have a great time here today. I love the snow. I love the winter. Anyway, okay, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 19, it says this, it says, And David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. We're going to see the same portion of Scripture, the same context here in Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 14, verses 8 to 12, and tells a little bit more of the story. It says, when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all the... Of Israel, so David was king of Judah already, and then um, as his as his authority began to expand, and and Saul uh, had died, and uh, the kingdom of Israel was without a king. They were just kind of left in this destitute place, and the the commanders and David came together, and and David became king over all of Israel. So there was a um, 
there was kind of this, this coming together of the nation again, uh, the divided nation coming together again. That's what's happening. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all of Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went out against them. Now the Philistines had come up and made a raid in the valley of Rephim. And David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said, go up. I will give them into your hand. And he went up to Baal-perazim, and David struck them down there. And David, and, and David said, God has broken through my enemies by my hand like the bursting flood. Therefore, the name of the place is called Baal-perazim. And uh, they left their gods there, and David gave command, and they were burned. So what we see happening here is we, you know, I, one of the reasons why I love this story is because as um, it, it shows God as the God of breakthroughs. In fact, that's what the place was called, Baal Perizim, is literally means the Lord of breakthroughs or the Lord of breaking forth. And so uh, normally we, we see that, you know, the, the term Baal is was the name of the Philistines' god, right? The Baals, you know, that the people in those days served, and the name of the Philistines' god. So we see that this breakthrough, this victory, there's more happening here than just a, a natural kind of victory in the warfare of the kingdom of Israel. There's more that was happening here. We see naturally that the Israelites, they had not had any victories over the Philistines for a long time. They were tired of getting their uh, underside kicked. <laughs> right? They, you know, they were getting beat up by the Philistines. They had not had victories, and they needed a win here. All right? And David, who was king of Judah, had just become king of Israel. And so this was a decisive win. It was a turning point in the tide naturally for the Israelites being, uh, who were being dominated by the Philistines all the time. They were just being dominated by the Philistines. And spiritually, we see that this is a turning point as well because many times things that happen in the natural, things that happen in the physical can be a result of what has been ruling in the spirit realm. And so we see that as God comes to fight for David, with David, uh, against the Philistines, God defeats the ruling principalities and powers in the spirit realm, and God hijacks the name of the Philistines' God and takes it away from them. <laughs> he hijacks his name, and we see what is the result that the Philistine armies leave all of their idols. They leave all of their idols. All of a sudden, there's this transfer in the spirit realm, and God takes authority in that area because of a man who was willing to stand up. And I want to translate that to, to us today, that God takes authority in, spirit, in the spirit realm as you and I, understanding that we are called as kingdom witnesses of God, that we, when we take up our authority in the spirit realm, things happen. In the spirit realm, and God comes and fights upon our behalf and for us. He fights on your behalf. So sometimes the spiritual forces that, that are at work trying to withstand the will of God for your life. There are spiritual forces at work trying to withstand the will of God for a region. And in, this, in those times, 
we need to do what David did. First of all, we see that David, he prepared to fight. So he wasn't seeking the Lord like, God, should I go up? God, should I? I mean, he was seeking about going up to fight the Philistines, but it says that he went out against them. So he took his authority because he was king. It was his responsibility and authority to protect the nation of Israel now. And the Bible says that he went out against them, and then he sought the Lord about the strategy of how to fight. So we see that he takes his place. A lot of times, many times I see people, uh, and even in my own life, where it's like, well, Lord, should we fight, yes or no? You know, no. (laughs) The answer is yes. You have authority. You have been given authority. Listen, when the enemy comes against your family, you have authority in the spirit realm over your family. When the enemy comes against your business, you have authority. The, the question isn't, Lord, like, are we called to, to, to stand and to fight? No, we are. But how we do it is submitted to the Lord. How we do it is submitted to the Lord. So we need to do what David did. You know, you may be a parent and the enemy comes against your family. You may be an employee called by God to influence your job, and the enemy comes out against the company that you're employed with, and you have authority there because you're legally employed. You're legally a part of that company to stand and say, God, your will shall be done in this company, in this place. I might not own it, but God, your will will be done here. I thank you that you have called me a messenger of your kingdom into this place to bring the influence of the kingdom here. You may be a business owner, and the enemy tries to raid your business like the Philistines tried to raid Israel. And it's your responsibility to respond. So David readied himself, and then he inquired of the Lord. So sometimes we want to inquire of the Lord whether or not we're supposed to be readying ourselves. The answer, again, is yes. All right? Then he submitted to the Lord. Two things. First of all, he said, Lord, shall I go up? And then he asks, will you give them into my hand? So, first of all, he submits his obedience to the Lord, whether or not he was going to win. Like, God, do you want me to go up? And then he asks, will you deliver them into my hand? So he submitted to the Lord, shall I go up against the Philistines, where he's submitting his obedience. God, I'm going to be obedient to you. And then... Will you deliver them in my hand? He was submitting his strategy to the Lord. So God, and we see here that God made a a great breakthrough. Again, uh, later on, if you keep reading, the Philistines come back and make another raid. And this time David goes up against them. And he's like, should we go up the way we did the first time? And the Lord says, no. But this time circle around the back and wait. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the trees, then advance quickly. So, and this is, um, this is just a point I want to bring out here, that it's really important that we submit our obedience to the Lord because we can make assumptions like, oh, like this worked last week or this worked like a year ago or this worked, you know, in this movement or when God was doing that in that city, that worked. And we can make assumptions about things, but the, the, the key for our breakthrough and for understanding walking with the Lord is that we walk in a daily relationship with him. So just, be, just because it happened that way at a certain time before doesn't negate my need to be hearing God today. Amen? And so, you know, and this is where um, there's this, this holy uh, grasp. There's this holy coming con- connection and coming together between principles, biblical principles, 
and personal relationship. Because you can live biblical principles without relationship. Did I just say that? <laughs> you can. It's possible. You can live biblical. I mean, um, yeah, I think that's enough. We'll shoot that rabbit trail. All right. So it's interesting that this battle happened here right outside of what would become Bethlehem. Right outside of where centuries later, God comes and breaks through again into the world. He comes and breaks through again into a place where he is planning to dispossess the enemy again of the souls of mankind. God's planning to dispossess the enemy and plunder hell of the souls of mankind by sending Jesus as a baby, sending Jesus to come and pay the price for your sin and for my sin, to make a way for us to come back to the Heavenly Father, to the one who knows who we are and the one who knows why we exist. This reminds me of the time, uh, you know, this, this idea here reminds me of the time where we were having a small group happening on uh, one of the streets in Cape Town at a, a, uh, a house of a lady named Elizabeth. And it was a pretty rough street. There was a pretty, it was a pretty rough area. It was a pretty rough street. And there, there was a drug dealer and gang member who lived like four doors down, four houses down. And it's like row homes down the whole street. And it was a pretty rough area. The people really um, kind of feared this person, feared her. Um, was a lady and we would pray we would go in there and we would pray and we would prophesy the will of God and prophesy the kingdom of God over that street and over that area and we would declare God's presence we would declare God's purposes and we would pray and we would take the the heavenlies of that region and we would pray and declare and decree and then we would go knocking on doors and by the grace of God this lady she was a Muslim this lady uh who would have never been open to the gospel, welcomed us in, had us pray for her, had us pray for her family. She, she would contact me uh, on an ongoing basis. And one time in the middle of the night, there was a crisis in her family. And she was like, would you please come and pray for my daughter? I don't think my daughter is going to make it. Would you please come and pray for her? The ambulance is on the way. I got there as the ambulance was going, followed the ambulance to the hospital. And here she is in, in uh, complete... Um, hijab and, and Muslim garb, and she comes in, and the doctor's like, who is this guy, pointing to me, and she's like, oh, no, that's my pastor, and he had the most confused look on his face, and, you know, but, and so there's things that, like, doors open when you pray, doors open when God comes and fights for you, but you still need to ready yourself, you still need to, like, go and, and uh, apply yourself to the word of God into different areas. Another area, uh, you know, in the, in the area that we ministered to a lot there, there was a lot of illegal bars. We called them shabins and uh, drug houses and prostitute houses in the, in the region there. And as we would go up and down the streets, we would pray 
about these places closing. God, move them out. Save them. Deliver them. Move this activity out of this region. It's being oppressive to this area. The people and the children are getting caught up in stuff they shouldn't be getting up uh, caught up in. And Father, we ask the Lord that you would close this place down in Jesus' name. It's not a representation of your heart for this region. It's not a representation of your heart and your will over this area. Father, we ask the Lord that you would close it down, save people, or move them out in Jesus' name. <laughs> All right? It's a, it's a really good thing to pray. Save them or move them out. <laughs> uh, and we, we, uh, we pray this, and uh, we would do this for years. It's not something that like, oh, we're going to go and pray, for, pray once. It's like you are dealing with principalities and powers that have reigned in a, in a region for years, for decades, sometimes for centuries. Like, you need to come and dispossess the enemy. <laughs> All right? Which means you have the Air Force, which is like the spiritual prayer and intercession, but if you only, in military, if you only send in the Air Force and you never send in ground troops, you never actually occupy, right? And so the ground troops is our work. It's our getting involved. Um, eventually, we begin to see, like, these bars closed down. The prostitute, the brothels moved out. We began to see these regions, and it wasn't just us who was praying, okay? We can't, we're not taking all the credit, but we recognize that this, this began to happen. There was one time a businessman came to me who, was, who said, listen, I'm buying property in this region. And the reason I'm buying property in this region is because there are several markers that are happening here that tells me that this region is going to explode in terms of property value. And among other things, like one was like when you have a, a severely oppressed area that um, was uh, you know, heavy, uh, heavily involved in drugs and, and gangs and a lot of violent crime. When you have that area really close to an expanding business district, so there's some practical side of it, but then nobody wants to touch that area because of the crime and the drugs and everything. He's, and he said one of the markers is this. He said when there is independent Pentecostal churches that start to spring up all around, that is a sign that an area is about to be transformed. This guy wasn't even saved to my knowledge. He was like, this, this, uh, this study was done in the UK, and I'm seeing, uh, and you know, about a region that was really uh, updated in the UK. And he said, I'm seeing the same things here in Cape Town, so I am here and I'm buying property. I wish I would have bought property in that time. You know, I mean, just honestly, because it went from like you could buy something for thirty to fifty thousand dollars to now you're hundreds of thousands of dollars U.S. in that area, and like, but it was interesting that the world was recognizing it. Like the world recognizes the value of the kingdom and the value of people who believe that the kingdom of God uh, affects the spirit realm. And, and you, know what, you know what us Pentecostal churches were doing? We were praying that God would give us land. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he's there buying it. Do you see the difference between like engaging and just like, Lord, we, we believe you're doing this, but... You know, we're declaring this, but we're not taking and putting feet to our faith, right? Anyway, it was just interesting to me. Looking back, I'm like, hmm, yeah, we missed an opportunity there, <laughs> you know? So, uh, and, and this guy actually came and he said, listen, I'm, I'm doing, uh, I'm, for my doctorate, I'm doing a story on this and I want to interview 
you, and I want to interview a bunch of other pastors of these Pentecostal churches. Because it was more and more happening. That, I mean, like on every church corner, uh, sorry, every street corner, there was like a church popping up and houses, there was churches popping up. And I mean, all you had to do, because it, it was in Africa, you could hear them. You didn't have, they didn't put a sign out. You just walk down the street and you hear, you know, the music raging. And it was great. Um, but it was interesting that we saw this happen before our very eyes, where as brothels would close down and as gang home houses that were kind of headquarters for gangs were moved out and displaced um, and new buildings, you know, things would be torn down and new buildings were built, that high-end designer studios started to move in. Uh, The creative world started to take notice of this region and really started to buy into this area. And we saw restaurant, like high-end experience restaurants where you go to have an experience, not just eat food, you know, like would started to come in and, and move into this area. And we saw it happen. It was like, wow, God, this is what we were praying for. This is what we were declaring. This is what we were going after. So uh, that is the God of breakthrough. God is the God of breakthrough. Tell your neighbor, say, God is the God of breakthrough. That's right. He is the God of breakthroughs. Actually, it's breakthroughs, plural. So he loves to be that. He loves to be the God of breakthroughs. Now, I want to talk about, uh, I want to shift gears here a little bit and talk about thankfulness. I want to talk about the Hebrew word for praise called todah. And there's two where yada and todah are Hebrew words that have been translated praise and thankfulness together. But I want to focus on this one word because it literally means confession or praise, like what we, dec- what we decree, what we confess, and what we praise, and what we give thanksgiving for to the Lord. And I want to talk here in Psalms chapter 50, verse 12. It says, and this is God speaking, it says, If I were hungry, would I not tell you? For the world and its fullness are mine. Do I eat the flesh of bulls and drink the blood of goats, which were the traditional sacrifices of the Hebrew people? Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. And so here we see that this word todah means thanksgiving. Give God a, a, a sacrifice of todah, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And it's accompanied many times in the Bible. When you search this through, it's accompanied many times with the command of obedience or the idea of bringing praise and declaration to God for what he has done. It's like the disciples in the early church, the apostles, when uh, the, the Pharisees tried to shut them down, and they said, we, we can't help but to speak about the things that we have seen and heard. Like this isn't, this isn't some nebulous uh, uh, ideology or uh, theological construct. No, no, we've seen this happen. We've seen God do this. And that was the testimony that the Pharisees hated. They wanted to, I don't know, maybe they wanted to keep things in the nebulous, like untouchable you know, realm. But here's the disciples saying, we've seen God do this. This is what God has done for me. This is what Jesus has done for me. And they bring the testimony of what God has done, and it glorifies him. Amen? Thankfulness begins to bring an activation of who God is, what we're thanking him about in our lives. Again, I want to talk a little bit about thankfulness here. 
Um, how is thankfulness a sacrifice? He says a sacrifice of thankfulness. Why does it say it's a sacrifice? A sacrifice is not something you feel like offering. You don't feel like offering. I don't, I don't know about you. This has been my biggest battle moving back here in the U.S., where we're so blessed and where we're so, is, is, is unthankfulness. I'm like, I shock myself. <laughs> How terrible it is. I'm like, Lord, I repent. I get on my knees, God. I repent for being unthankful, ungrateful. My word. Like, ah. And, and you know what? It's not just me. I think it's a spiritual issue in the region. We're ungrateful where we can be so blessed, but we are like, God, you've done this and 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 this, but you didn't do that one thing that I prayed for, and now I'm offended. We're terrible. You see, it costs us something to be thankful. That's why it's a sacrifice. We have to give up our current state of mind. We actually have to like step back from frustration and choose to be thankful. We have to step back from frustration. You see, um, it costs us something. Apparently, there and there's a lot of blogs out there. There's a lot of books on this, you know. But this is kind of the gist of what a lot of these things are saying: is that it is impossible to be thankful and fearful at the same time. It's impossible to be thankful and angry at the same time. Because thankfulness actually causes a reset in your brain. It causes a reset in your brain, in the hardwiring of your brain. It's hard to be thankful and offended at the same time. Thankfulness is a choice, and it resets like our neural pathways. It resets our thinking. It resets the position from which we are viewing life. Okay. One thing that it does is, I believe that it activates God to move on our behalf. Because if you read here just a little, a couple verses further, in Psalms fifty, verse twenty to twenty-three, it says, "This is God speaking. Listen to this. Listen how." How serious God takes thankfulness. He says, mark this day, you who forget God, lest I tear you apart and there be none to deliver. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. The one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. interesting that God equates being unthankful to forgetting him. See, in both these scriptures, this word tada is used. And in both of these scriptures, it, it, it talks about that. Um, lost my place here. It talks about God moving to bring deliverance. Thankful, this, this word, as it's given, it's, 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 it's what uh, Jonah did right before God moved and spit him out of the fish's mouth. It's what Jonah did. 
right before God delivers Israel is when this thankfulness, they choose to step into thankfulness here. So as we confess our thankfulness, the word kadah means to give thanksgiving and accompanied many times with a command of obedience, saying, God, I'm going to be thankful and I'm going to stand in obedience. I'm going to be thankful, I'm going to choose to be thankful, and I'm going to stand for you giving victory over me. In these verses, both of which this word is used, it implies and emphasizes, uh, emphasizes sacrifice, but it's not just any sacrifice. It is a sacrifice before the deliverance happens. Jonah, in Jonah chapter 2, verse 9, right before he was delivered, in the belly of the fish, he prays, but, but I, with the voice of thanksgiving, I, with the voice of Tadah, will sacrifice to you. He's praying this, in the belly of the whale. What I have vowed, I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Could it be that we do not see God move on what we pray for because we have not positioned ourselves in thankfulness? Could it be? Could it be? Isaiah chapter 42, it's not in the slide here, um, but added in praise and worship. Isaiah 42, this is, uh, it shows us something about God. It says, in verse 10 to 17, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlines and the inhabitants, let the desert and its cities lift up their voice. The villages of Kadar, uh, that Kadar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise to the coastlands. The Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out and he shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. For a long time I have held my peace. I have kept still and restrained myself. But now I will cry like a woman in labor. I will gasp and pant. And I will lay waste mountains and hills and dry up all the vegetation. And I will turn the rivers into islands and dry up the pools. And I will lead the blind in a way that they have not known. And I will guide them. And I will turn darkness before them into light and the rough places into level ground. These are the things I do. And I do not forsake them. They are turned back and utterly put to shame who trust in carved idols who say to metal images, you are our God. Wow, this is God. This is, and, and, and he stirs himself up like this as we praise, as we take a, a, the opportunity to make a decision because really thanksgiving and thankfulness is a decision that we make. It's not just feeling. Like anyone... Uh, you know, so when somebody gives you a gift or somebody does something nice for you, you can feel thankful. But uh, other, that's, that's when you have a feeling of thankfulness. But you can choose and I can choose to live in thankfulness every day. And it actually becomes a weapon for which God arises to fight for you and I in our lives. Arises to fight for his will and his purpose in our lives. So when we give in to negativity, when we give in to like 
fear and doubt and worry and live in that place, what begins to happen is it removes us from thankfulness and it removes us from remembering what God has already done in our lives. Yeah, the Bible tells us this. I, I believe, you know, the Bible knows what it's talking about. OK, <laughs> the Bible tells us that that uh, in, in Psalm 69, verse 30, it says, I will praise the name of the Lord with a song. This is why praise and worship is so important. It's not. Listen, praise and worship isn't just about like, oh, I feel good. I, that was that was such a nice song. You know, the meme that's going around on Facebook now, you know, like when someone uh, that talks about like, oh, it, it, I don't know. Worship wasn't so good this morning. It, it's OK. It wasn't for you. You know, like worship is for the Lord. Right. Our worship is for the Lord. And so worship teams, they're here to help us engage with God and help us engage in the presence of the Lord and help us praise him and declare because praise actually becomes a weapon. Thanksgiving actually becomes a weapon for you and I in our lives. And so what does it say here in verse 30? It says, I will praise the name of God with a song and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving causes God to be magnified in our eyes. It doesn't mean that he becomes bigger. It actually just right-sizes him in our perspective. So one thing that Thanksgiving does is it moves God to fight on our behalf, but it also cleans the lens that we view life through. It also changes our perspective and helps us see clearly uh, what we, where we actually are and how blessed we actually are. Psalms 95, verse 2, it says, Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Psalms 100, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And let them offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his deeds in songs of joy. See, thankfulness causes us to remember. Can we do something? Let's all stand. And let's just take a moment to thank God. Let's just start thanking him everything you can, just out loud or you don't have to scream it out, but just like just start, just start, God, I thank you and, and, and just start going through it. I'll, I'll do it here in the microphone, but like let's just start thanking the Lord for something and what happens is it causes us to remember what he has done. God, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for an amazing spiritual family in this, in Newport Church. God, I thank you for all that you've done, Lord. Thank you for the healings we've seen. I thank you for the sustaining grace, Father, through times of trial, uh, God, through times of difficulty. I thank you, Lord, for your presence that, that you give us, God, that you say will never leave us, you'll never forsake us. I thank you, God, that you give vision and life. I thank you, Lord, that you give us supply. I thank you, Lord, that we have a budget, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, that your grace is sufficient. I thank you, Lord, that you empower us. I thank you, Father God, that you give uh, hope and, and joy in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you've delivered me from depression. I thank you, Lord, that you have uh, set us free, Father, from the shackles of, ch of shame and fear and guilt. I thank you, Lord God, that we don't have to worry when we walk with you in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God, to, for the, the people that you've put in the right places, in the right seats here in Newport Church. I thank you, Lord God, for hearts to serve, to see your kingdom come, to see your will be done in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, for just how you have helped us so far. You are our Ebenezer, God. You are our Ebenezer, Lord. You have helped us thus far, God, and we thank you that we can count on that moving forward in Jesus' name. Man, just, uh, I don't know, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be doing this every morning. I'm going to be doing this every morning. Let's start with thankfulness.
So thank you, Lord. You know, as Alan was talking about the weird uncles and, and stuff that we get together over the holidays with and all that kind of stuff. God, I thank you for weird uncles. I thank you, Lord. You know what they say, that if you don't know who the weird uncle is or the weird person in your family is, then it, <laughs> it might be you. God, I thank you, Lord, that I'm that weird uncle. I thank you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, like man, you know, and, 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 and when challenges and when things come, let's, let's start first with thankfulness. God, you are the God of the breakthrough. You are the one. This is how you've shown yourself strong to us in the past. This is what you do. God, this is what you do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Uh, praise and worship team, can you come? We're going to just be ending off here uh, quickly. And Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I, you know, the Bible talks, uh, not the Bible, sorry. Society talks about, like, cleanses that you do, like dietary cleanses and that kind of stuff. Thankfulness, I really believe, is a cleansing for your soul. It's like a detox for your soul, you know, to, to decide, like, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful. So the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. It says in all circumstances, give thanks. I think the Bible knows what it's talking about. I think the Bible really knows. I think God really has an angle on this. Say, listen, like I want you guys to live in, in victory. And one of, part of the thing of living in victory, part of the way that, I, you know, the tool of that is thankfulness. Amen. So this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can have the weapon of thankfulness activated in our lives. Father, thank you that you move in our thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, that as we remember things to thank you about, that we remember what you do and what you have. God, as we head into holidays, as we head into this time of year where we can be so blessed, help us not take things for granted, but God, also help us walk through the challenges that we face, starting from a position of thankfulness. at this, that, that God is the God of breakthrough. Jesus said, came and he died on the cross as an expression of breaking through the sin and the bondage. God's heart to break through sin and bondage that holy mankind captured and created a way for us to come to him. If you're here, if you're listening to me online and, and you say, you know, I haven't given my life to Jesus or I gave it a while ago, but I, you know, life happened and stuff just crept in and somehow I started taking the reins and steering it back on my life. I just want to invite you to come again and give your life to Jesus. If that's you, you're welcome to come and anyone here will pray with you for that. But let's just take a moment and worship the Lord and 
same person, God, who's going through things that, that uh, they're battling in this time. Lord, and we just ask, God, that your presence would refresh them in this season and in this moment. In the name of Jesus, I thank you that thankfulness arrests fear. God, that your love arrests fear in this place. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We thank you for your goodness to us. In the name of Jesus, even in the midst of storms, things don't have to be perfect for you to be good, God. We thank you for your presence here. In Jesus' name, amen. Go and have a powerful week. Have a mighty week. Let me just see. You guys are dismissed. Thank you so much. Please be careful driving home. I don't know if the roads are cleared yet, um, but please be careful driving home because of the snow.